You're listening to Grace Saves All, the podcast which exists at the spiritual intersection of Christianity and universal salvation. In this podcast, we will be exploring an ancient and modern approach to Christianity, which affirms both that grace saves alone and that grace goes to all. And now, here is David Artman, author of Grace Saves All, The Necessity of Christian Universalism. Hello again, friends. Thank you for joining me as we continue to pursue a Christian vision of a God of pure love who is saving us all by grace. Now that we've covered the five points of my Christian Universalist theology, it's time to turn towards the topic of judgment. If we are all going to ultimately be saved, then judgment can't be about permanent exclusion. And if final rejection is not the purpose of judgment, then we should be able to find evidence that the ultimate purpose of God's judgment is about restoration, not removal. In this two-part series on judgment, we'll begin in part one with passages from the Old Testament which point in this restorative direction, and then in part two we will move to the New Testament. And we will start this first part of the Old Testament with the Bible's clearest declaration that God does not cast off anyone forever, which is found in Lamentations 3, 31-33. The book of Lamentations falls right after the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament, and although the book does not identify who wrote it, it was most likely written by the prophet Jeremiah. It's called Lamentations because it deals with how the Jewish people were lamenting or grieving because they'd been conquered by the Babylonians had a large part of the population taken into exile there, and perhaps most discouraging of all, the Babylonians had destroyed their beautiful temple in Jerusalem as well. That God had allowed the Babylonians to destroy the temple and take thousands into captivity raised terrifying questions for the Jewish people to wrestle with. Was all of this a sign of God's judgment? Had God abandoned them because of their disobedience? Was this the end of the line? Was God finally done with them? The book of Lamentations deals with these kinds of questions. The first part of Lamentations is filled with regret and remorse for their failures as a people to do God's will. But then, in the middle of the book, which is only five chapters long, we come to these three verses. Lamentations 3, verses 31 to 33. Verse 31. For no one is cast off by the Lord forever. Verse 32. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion, so great is his unfailing love. Verse 33. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. As I read these verses, I see the prophet Jeremiah, the most likely author, making a declaration of hope based upon the character of God. God is not a God who cast off anyone forever, so God won't cast them off forever. Any rejection or grief God causes is not permanent. Even in the midst of judgment, God's compassion is still in effect because of God's unfailing and unceasing love. Even if God is forced to bring grief, God doesn't want to have to do this because God does not willingly grieve or afflict anyone. I see these as some of the most insightful and beautiful verses in the entire Bible because they perfectly describe the God finally revealed in the character of Christ. 
What these verses tell me is that while God can, if necessary, certainly make us grieve, and God can certainly cast us off as part of the process of making us grieve, the good news is that none of this is for the purpose of casting us off forever. This passage from Lamentations informs my basic understanding that the judgment of a loving God ultimately ends in restoration, not elimination. Another very hopeful passage along these lines comes from the prophet Ezekiel. In the book of Ezekiel, the prophet takes Jerusalem to task for her disobedience, a disobedience so severe it makes Sodom look good by comparison. But then we find these hopeful words in Ezekiel 16.53, where it is said of God, I will restore the fortunes of Sodom and her daughters, and of Samaria and her daughters, and Jerusalem's fortunes along with them. Now, what's striking about this declaration is how it includes the restoration of Sodom as part of God's overall plans for restoration. We might understand restoring Jerusalem or Samaria, but restoring Sodom? If there's ever a place that you thought wouldn't be restored, it would have to be Sodom. In the history of Israel, Sodom was the worst of the worst, known for their arrogance, cruelty, and lack of concern for the poor and needy, and for their detestable practices. And because of all of the cruelty of Sodom, according to Genesis 19, God judged Sodom with burning sulfur falling from heaven, destroying everything, leaving only a smoking ruin. According to the New Testament in Jude 1 verse 7, Sodom serves as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. If there was ever a place that would not be making a comeback, it would be Sodom. And yet, Ezekiel prophesies that restoration is part of God's plans even for Sodom. In the long run, even God's total judgment of Sodom was part of God's plan for total restoration of Sodom. The last scripture from the Old Testament we'll look at is 2 Samuel 14.14, which tells the story of a wise woman from the village of Tekoa who goes to King David to attempt to keep him from banishing his rebellious son, Absalom. The words she spoke to the king are recorded in 2 Samuel 14.14. We all must die. We are like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be gathered up. But God will not take away a life. He will devise plans so as not to keep an outcast banished forever from his presence. Her words to King David made such an impression that they became part of the Bible. The people of Israel included her description of God in their understanding of God. God, according to her, will not take away a life. Instead, God will devise plans so as not to keep an outcast banished forever from God's presence. When I take these passages from the Old Testament together, I see the beginnings of a picture of a God of restoration, which will fully come into view in Jesus. And now, let me take these passages and make them personal for us. Even if you were to go astray and seriously disappoint God, God will not cast you off forever. Even though your disobedience may force God to bring grief on you, in order to correct you, God will still show you compassion, so great is God's unfailing love for you. 
And if God does have to grieve you, God doesn't want to do this. God derives no pleasure from causing you grief. God doesn't want to bring affliction or grief to anyone, and that includes you. You may think you have sunk so low that there's no hope for you. You may even come to believe that there's nothing of worth in you, nothing worth even restoring. But if God can restore Sodom's fortunes after burning it down, God can restore your fortunes after burning you down if it comes to that. Even in the most evil city, there was something worth restoring. And so there is something worth restoring in you as well. God does not want to take your life away from you. God wants to restore your life to you. God has never made plans to do away with you forever because God doesn't make those kinds of plans. God devises plans so as not to keep an outcast banished forever from his presence. All of us have fallen short, and some of us fall so far short that we start to lose hope for ourselves. And then there are our friends and loved ones who have lost their way, and we wonder if there is any hope for their restoration. In these scriptures we've just looked at, I see evidence that judgment does not erase hope because nothing erases hope. And I'll build on this evidence in part two when we look into the New Testament. Because when I look at the big picture, I've been able to see that hope for you is always there. Hope for all of us is always there. God may be forced to cast us off in judgment for a time, but God, I believe, doesn't cast anyone away forever. I am believing this for you and for me and for all of us. I am believing that God's judgments are part of God's grace towards us because God's judgments are part of the way God ultimately restores us. And I am believing that God's judgments are a part of a grace that saves all. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Grace Saves All. You can help spread the word by sharing this podcast with others and by giving it a rating on iTunes. If you want to find out more about David or if you'd like to leave him a message, go to his website, davidartman.net. In the meantime, let's work together to help a hurting world know about the greatest news ever announced.